Welcome back to another edition of our Diocesan Podcast, Big City Catholics, with Bishop Robert Brennan, the Bishop of Brooklyn, and myself, Father Christopher Henu. Today, we're joined by Father Joseph Jabino, who's the pastor of Holy Trinity Parish in Whitestone, Queens, but also is the vicar for evangelization and catechesis for our Diocese of Brooklyn. We're really happy that you're here with us. Before we begin, let's offer this podcast in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Asking our Blessed Mother's intercession upon us, our diocese, our parishioners, and all the faithful, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bishop, I had a chance to listen to last week's podcast with Father Alonzo Cox. It was really great conversation that you both had. He does some, such important work, and it really it's always a pleasure to sit with Father Alonzo. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed it. I was up in, you mentioned in the podcast, I was up in Boston. I'm assisting at John the 23rd National Seminary, St. John the 23rd National Seminary, teaching the diaconate class there, parish management skills. They always say, we often hear in seminary formation, they don't teach you this in the seminary. They don't teach you about you know, the roof leaks, what do you do, uh, you know, human resources, concerns, etc. So it was a great opportunity for me to be asked to do it, and I've been really, really enjoying the opportunity. So I'm sorry I missed it, but I was really happy where I was too. And it's a great seminary. I was there the week before visiting some of our seminarians who were there, I'm really impressed by the formation they receive and by the, the men themselves, our own seminarians and, in fact, all of the fellows. So I'm glad you had that, that opportunity. Last week, I was out visiting schools. It was Catholic School Week. I'll tell you one quick story. One place I was on February 2nd, for us, we talk about the Feast of the Presentation, World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life. It's also Groundhog Day. <laughs> and so I went into the kindergarten class, and they were getting ready to watch the video from earlier that morning of the groundhog. And they talk about how the groundhog predicts what's going to happen. And they were predicting what the groundhog was, would do. So I had to keep moving along. And later in the day, when they had a whole school assembly, I happened to see the kindergarten class again. So I said, so now the suspense is getting to me. What happened? And they all shouted out, he saw his shadow. And so I said, and what does that mean? Expecting six more weeks of winter. And one girl just shouted out, it means I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I, won, I won the guess. <laughs> but then I, I had a chance to go to my alma mater a couple of times. This was my Vincentian weekend. I was um, on Saturday at St. John's with the religious from both Brooklyn, Queens, and Rockville Center, Long Island, Nassau, wow. Suffolk. Many of, especially some of the deeply rooted congregations here, um, they have their foundations here in Brooklyn, but then the, the connections on Long Island, so they've been serving across the way. So that was a really a great gathering. They had a retreat day. They focused in on hope, on the virtue of hope, and I celebrated with them. And then I was there the next day for the student mass, and uh, that was just a great time, too. It's nice to reconnect. Awesome. I saw some of the posts on Facebook of you visiting our Catholic schools, and there was one where it must have been some sort of a color day where they put you in a, in a T-shirt and they yes. watched you. You were playing basketball. And I think you beat the seventh grader. I don't know if you got... <laughs> you had to... It, basically, they call out a number, and, and you ran to get the ball, and you had to shoot it in the hoop. 
And you were pretty... I don't, I don't know that... Uh, they, they may have said that, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. I did sink a basket, but they kept changing the rules. At one point, it was whoever gets it in first gets the point. Another point, it was the best out of three. So <laughs> I have a feeling they kept moving the goalpost there a little bit. <laughs> Not necessarily for me, but yeah. good, good grief. Oh, but it was, it was fun. It was good to be among our schools. Awesome, awesome. And we're getting ready for some exciting times here in the Diocese of Brooklyn, here in Brooklyn in Queens, as well as really around the country in this time of Eucharistic revival. And that's why I'm really glad that Father Gibino is with us today. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. It's always great to be with you. You know, Father Gibino, you do such great work for us in so many areas, just on keeping things going, as it were, our, our own catechesis, the formation in RCAA, formation of deacons, the work in terms of our witness to pro-life causes. It runs the whole gamut, but you've taken on several projects. So last year you guided, helped you and Sister Mary Ann Seton LaPiccolo help guide us through the synod process. And lest you have a moment to breathe, I turned to you and said, would you help with the Eucharistic revival? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the revival really flows out of the synod, which is great. Sure. One of the things, and I have to say, Bishop, that you were at so many of the listening sessions, actually all of them. The diocesan ones, right? The diocesan ones, that what we heard was the people of God in Brooklyn and Queens really are interested in three things right now. They want more youth and young adult ministry. They want more adult faith formation. And they want greater collaboration and cooperation within the parishes and deaneries. So the Eucharistic revival gives us a time to pull those three issues together and really respond. So your leadership, Bishop, has been so refreshing because you've let Sister Marianne and I really run with this and with the whole diocesan pastoral commission that it's been great. And what we're doing now with the revival flows directly from what we heard, and that's extraordinary. So the first project, we're going to buy you a pair of roller skates (laughs) because we have 42 parishes who will be each day offering adoration for anywhere from three hours to 24 hours. Wow. And it's going to be throughout the diocese so that if one person really wanted to make this a pilgrimage throughout the season of Lent, that individual could journey to 40 parishes, two days we doubled up, and have that experience of adoration and quiet prayer in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And Bishop is going to try and get to as many of them as you can. That's, That's the right. roller skate piece. <laughs> That's right. To, if I could get to all, I would. The point being that sometimes we just have to deal with the realities of traffic and planning it in, but that is certainly a goal of mine. The other thing we're going to do is we're going to use social media and our traditional media, through both through DeSales, really to invite everybody in so that we can talk to people along the way who are making this encounter. To me, this is an exciting time. It's a pilgrimage of faith. It's modeled after the station churches in Rome. So in Rome, during Lent, there were these traditional, they don't change, they're steady, sites that are set apart as station churches so that people make journeys to those each and every day. Hopefully, right here in Brooklyn, Queens, we'll be able to do the same kind of a thing. And you set it up in such a way that it's sort of a journey around the diocese. So there's a little bit of an order to it. Exactly. What we tried to do is take the mother church of the diocese, St. James Cathedral, and we're going to start there because that's 
where the bishop's seat is. Now, I know I say that at St. Joseph's Road Cathedral. <laughs> However, uh, St. James has a special place in my heart. From there, we're going to move through Brooklyn and Queens so that we really get the sense of our diversity. The culture of each parish is what we hope people will encounter with Christ and that Christ lives in the faces of our parishioners. So by journeying to where the parishioners are, that face of Christ will come alive for everyone. And each one of these parishes, Father Gimito, it'll be pre-published where they're going to be and the times and hours that each parish will be open for this period of adoration? Absolutely. We are hoping to really make good use of the tablet, so our print media, but also currents, the podcasts here. For all of the different social media outlets that we have, with short introductory pieces. And another exciting thing is working with DeSales to produce short 30-second testimonials from the people who have encountered Christ in the Eucharist and want to share their encounter with everyone else. That's great. That's great. It is. It's me. It's a very exciting time. And the other piece to this goes back to your reflection on the Synod, the feedback of the Synod, that we want to be able to work together in our communities. And so we didn't sit down and make a list of the parishes. Each of the deaneries proposed two parishes, and that's how we came up with 44 for the 40 days. So <laughs> we, we have 22 deaneries, and each proposed two parishes. In a sense, the idea is some people will make the pilgrimage going around from place to place. Some people will make the pilgrimage virtually just by being connected in prayer and following the media. But in each deanery in the parishes that host, those days are special days for that local part of mm. the diocese. So that, again, it depends on who's there in the schedule of the day, but some pastors will certainly, well, all pastors will make sure that the hours of adoration are covered so that there's somebody there all the time. But there might be local celebrations. There might be an hour that youth are there, an hour that, that children are there. It may begin with their morning mass leading through and may close with evening mass if that's the custom in that parish or with a holy hour and benediction something preached and reflective sure. there may be rosary through the day divine mercy but for those who live in that area those are grace days those are particularly important days as this pilgrimage you're hosting the local church in your deanery and another very exciting component is that parishes are being offered through our Youth and Young Adult Ministries office, an opportunity to have a holy hour for youth and young adults. Now, if it's not possible to arrange youth and young adults to be there, it is in fact the community raising up our youth and young adults in prayer for an hour in the presence of the Lord that will be especially meaningful. Mm. And that's such an exciting opportunity to address such an important part of the face of our church right now. Bishop, when you were the Bishop of Columbus, Ohio, there was something similar to this 40 days? Yes, and in fact, it's not I who brought that there. It's something that started during my time, but we had an evangelization committee, and this is something that they uh, proposed, and it really took off. Yeah. It really was very well appreciated by 
people. So I'm excited that uh, they picked up on the idea here and, and are carrying it through. There is different you know, variations, again, that help connect it to the local realities, but the general idea, yeah. You know, the, the station churches you were mentioning in Rome, and there's like a, there's even a little booklet that a priest put together a few years ago, because again, those station churches, they don't change. Whereas next year, please God, we do this again, maybe different churches will decide to host of their deaneries, perhaps. But you know, getting to know, getting to visit the beautiful churches of our diocese right. to see just how stunning they are. Sometimes I think even though our parishes can be just like a mile or two apart from one another, our people, if they don't have a need to, they've not often visited their neighboring parish. So it's a great opportunity to get our faithful to see the other gems of our diocese. That's right. And the gems of the people. That's to right. encounter, the, you know, we talk about the diversity of our diocese, but really to live it, to, to meet one another along the way. Part of the idea, we, we speak of this as a pilgrimage because we're on a pilgrimage through life. Mm. I used during the Synod, I used an image of, that a priest gave to me uh, of, you know, our life is like a pilgrimage and we're walking one another home in the dark. Mm. The whole of our life is walking one another home in the dark. And that's what we're doing here. We're walking with one another in a figurative kind of way, sure. in a symbolic kind of a way, through the, the darkness and the, the shadows and the hopes and the joys of our lives here. We accompany one another. We greet one another along the way. We encourage each other along the way. And we're stopping to meet Christ along the way. That's where the Eucharistic adoration peace comes in. We meet Christ along the way. It's he who calls us on this journey. Will those parishes as well, Father Javina, will they offer a sacrament of confession during the day? Some may. Again, that's those are some of the local deanery decisions. That's precisely what we're giving that over to the deanery to say, what are the things that a, you can do and you'd like to be able to offer? So I have heard some of the deans talking about the desire of the priest to be available on those days. And we've given the deaneries really great flexibility. So speaking with one of the, the pastors the other day, he said, I have a very excited group of people here who really want to put this together, and they want to talk to you. So I'm putting you on speakerphone. <laughs> so there's an energy being created around the Eucharist that is infectious when people hear this idea. You know, the theme of Catholic Schools Week, Bishop mentioned, was exciting the Catholic imagination. And our imagination in art, beauty is so expressive. And now people are being set on fire and are thinking outside of a box to say, how do we welcome? So one of the ideas, we're providing a passport modeled along the idea of Compostello, where people can go to the particular parish and get a stamp. And we're working on putting a picture of the parish the stamp of the parish together so that at the end of the event, they can say, this wow. is where I was. Wow, how beautiful. Yeah, we call. Now, you know, Eucharistic adoration is one of the tools, one of the ways that we draw closer to Christ. But really, at its core, it's about drawing us to the celebration of the Eucharist. It's about drawing us to the sacrament and the Eucharist, the Mass, which is the source and summit of our lives as Catholic faithful. And so... People I've encountered, I've talked about this during some of our diocesan gathering, and I'm getting a sense of excitement about it, but that's not the end. 
we have more things planned. And again, the idea is to draw us to Mass in our local parishes, but even to draw us to a celebration as a diocese. So after Easter, we don't say, okay, we're done, do we? <laughs> no, Misty Goja, there it is, that period after Easter, which for us really is, is ideal now when we talk about Pentecost, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Christ. We've asked the 22 deaneries to create 22 events throughout the diocese. So some are going to use the traditional date of June 8th, some are going to use that Saturday, some are going to use Sunday, and again, Bishop, we may need to give you a bicycle for this <laughs> one. okay. I'm ready. <laughs> I got it. I got it. And they are doing some wonderfully creative things to the extent where you want to talk about deanery collaboration and cooperation. One of our deaneries has agreed among all the parishes to cancel all of their Sunday morning masses and have one gigantic mass in a public park, which I believe is going to be celebrated by Bishop, as an expression of the unity around the Eucharist of the deanery. Well, just to hear that nine parishes wow. are going to do this isn't of itself just an amazing thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. What yeah. a great sign of collaboration. It is. And so you'll see, you know, we're not coming into something that doesn't already exist. I know parishes already do Eucharistic processions on Corpus Christi. I know that we sometimes collaborate with each other along the way, but now we're doing this all in, all together. And so we're going to celebrate Corpus Christi leading into it, not, not just you know saying, okay, here's a big celebration, a big procession, but really this is about taking the Easter season and the days after it to delve more deeply in our own study prayer and conversation into the mystery of Christ in the Eucharist, our lives as Catholic Christians, and then leading to this Corpus Christi celebration. And then, yes, we'll take a break in the fall, but hopefully during this time, too, we've increased a greater awareness of Sunday Mass. One of the things we want to do is we want to invite people back to their churches. We've been through so much after the pandemic, through the pandemic, and after the pandemic. We really want to create this moment so that people will, you know, sometimes when you fall off the track, it's hard to get back on. But once you're back on, you're in good shape, right? Isn't it true? It's true with dieting. It's true with exercise, you know, with a lot of things. So hopefully this is one of those things that can get us back on the track and encourage people reconnecting to with their parishes or wherever they choose to assist at Sunday Mass. And so that'll be continue through the summer and the early fall, but we have a great celebration planned for the fall. One of the great things about the Eucharistic Revival is that it's a revival. So the committee said, why not really think big? Let's have a revival. So we contacted the Cyclone organization. Wow. And at Maimonides Field, we are going to have an all-day Eucharistic Revival on October the 7th. It'll begin vaguely at 9 o'clock with people arriving, but Brooklynites always arrive early. So we're expecting a real enthusiastic crowd early, but that will begin with praise and worship music that will be led by youth and young adults. It'll then flow into a youth and young adult component. We're going to have a catechetical component for families, so it really is a family day. 
Throughout the morning, we're going to have confessions being heard all through the morning. So from 9 to 12.30, 1 o'clock, we'll be hearing confessions. At 1.30, we'll have a liturgy, and then we'll be leaving about 3. But in all of this, there'll be all sorts of other things going on, because family is really at the heart of the Eucharist. We are a family as the church, but we wanted to really create an event for our families to be able to be there. And the stadium is actually perfect because it has everything, bus, trains, automobiles, and everyone from the diocese can get there. Hey, if you're really creative, you can try a boat. A boat. Yes. <laughs> We're down on Coney swim Island. In, swim in. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the last time I was on that field, I caught an incredible catch on Collars versus Scholars. So, I, 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 you know, I don't know. if I, Are we playing baseball on no, the field? No, we're no not baseball. playing baseball. I am trying to figure out fireworks, but I doubt that's going to work. The other amazing thing about this day is the last time we tried this as a diocese, was the only hurricane we had that year. Mm. So there will be insurance taken out for this event, lest we have another hurricane. But we are going to beg. We're going to beg the Lord for good weather. We can start praying now. Yes. We beg for good weather. And adoration, we can pray. We know the, and we know the day, October 7th. October 7th is the day. And really what we're hoping this becomes is our diocesan expression of what is going to be the national Eucharistic Congress that will take place in July of 2024. Now, our diocese has reserved a large block of tickets, so we're going to try and get families and all sorts of parish organizations on board to go. Now, it's in Indianapolis, so we all want to be in Indianapolis on July 17th to 21st, 2024. It's where I want to be. Be a little hot, a little humid, but we'll have, it'll be a prayerful great time. Mark the calendars. Mark the calendars. So, you know, exciting times, good news on the horizon. These are exciting events, but they're really all about rooting us in the love of Jesus Christ given to us in the Eucharist. So again, thank you not only for being with us today and for your enthusiasm, Father Jabina, but thanks for all the work behind this. I know you have a whole committee of people who are, are working on this. It really is a great opportunity for us. Yeah, and we look forward to definitely promoting it, I'm sure, on Bishop's Facebook page and the Diocesan Facebook page, the tablet, and all currents, as you were saying, so that our faith will know where and when they can be each of these days during Lent. It's crazy to think, you know, where Lent is just really around the corner. When this podcast releases on, on the 10th, uh, we've got only uh, 12 days till Lent begins. So it's a great opportunity for them to start thinking about maybe this is instead of giving up chocolate, you know, or, right. uh, or giving up pizza, maybe I'm going to make an effort to go to three churches or five churches a week. If I can't get out of my local area to be there for the deanery day, but maybe just to go to mass in my own parish and be in spiritual unity sure. with. It's a great opportunity for adults to witness to an adult faith. You know, for an eight-year-old, giving up chocolate is great. For an adult, adult faith sacrifice is what's really important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Father Drabino, for joining us today. I'm so happy that I'm able to be back. We've got a lot coming up in these next few weeks again as we enter into this beautiful, blessed Lenten season. Bishop Brennan and I, we've got a lot to talk about in the next few podcasts, yeah, certainly. We do. Um, so, Bishop, perhaps you could end 
us with a prayer and with your blessing. Sure. The Lord be with you. And with, with your, your spirit. spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with kindness and grant you his peace. And may the blessing of Almighty God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on this edition of Big City Catholics. We hope that you will like it and share it, especially the great message that we have regarding our 40 days of adoration. God bless you all. Amen.